Welcome to La Mezcla Latina, where we discuss all things music, culture, career, and lifestyle regarding the Latinx community. I'm your host, Dominica, and I can't wait to chat in this week's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn more about La Mezcla Más Pura. Welcome back to another episode of Mezcla Latina. Today, I'm joined by my dearest friend, P. Um, Paola. She'll introduce herself in a second, but I'm just really happy to have her because we've been friends for so long and our experiences are different, but like that's how we connected. Um, but yeah, P, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Paola. I am 24 years old. I grew up here in Maryland and um i think i'm excited to do this with dome i know you and i haven't chatted in a while then i brought up the idea and you were like yes let's do it yeah it was i don't know i love podcasts and i love i think honestly that facetime that we did was just it felt like it in a way because it's just a fun conversation that we just have back and forth Exactly. So let me tell everyone how we met. So me and P used to be obsessed with this like duo. (laughs) That's a whole different conversation. But we were so obsessed. And then one day we were in D.C., like the sketchiest part of D.C. That's where they were having their concert. Um, Like the venue was located there. And she rolls up and then I'm like... I forget how, but I'm like, I, I, I know your cousin. And you were like, oh, you do? And then that's how we literally became friends. I was like, yeah, he goes to my school. And you were like, yeah, right? It was, okay, so I was there. I had been there since, like, early in the morning. And I see you and Kathy, like, rolling up all cold. And you guys get there. And, like, all of us were already kind of talking. And, you like, we try to bring you guys into the conversation. And we're, like, all talking about where we're from. It's just so funny to me because I was like, oh, where are you from? And you were like, "Um, Montgomery County. And I was like, oh, (laughs) me too. What's going on? You're so right. I was so scared. I was like, this girl is trying to scoop me and, like, kidnap me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Once you told me what school you went to, I was like, yeah, my cousin goes there too. You're right. That's how we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is such a small world. And then honestly, from there, we just like connected through our love for music. And then we became friends friends like we never stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool because you and I both share that interest for music. And I remember in our road trips when we go to like New York or all those different states, we would always play the throwbacks, like the bachatas, everything. And we would connect (laughs) through that. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't think we I don't think either one of us played any music that the other one either didn't know or didn't enjoy. I'm pretty sure we played the same type of music. (laughs) Yeah. And then we would like take turns like playing each other's playlists. And then like even after like the tours would end, we say tours because we technically like went on tour with these people. And then we went later on, we went on tour with like Justin Bieber, with air quotes, Justin Bieber. (laughs) Bieber. (laughs) But it was a lot of time spent in the car. And we like we always vibe to good music. Yeah. Just really fun. I enjoyed it. I think if you really think about it, we've been to so many states just because of these tours. It's insane to think about. (laughs) And now you're in Idaho, Utah? For school, I am in Idaho. Correct. You were in Utah. Yes. Before I went to Utah, I I did like a community school out there and eventually transferred over to BYU, Idaho. 
So let's talk about that experience. I think the main thing that kind of influenced you going there is because like of your religion, right? Yeah. Um, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Most of us know uh, know of us as Mormons um, because of the Book of Mormon. So people call us that. Right. But yeah. <laughs> I am, yeah, born and raised into that religion and I've enjoyed it. How was it growing up or like were there any difficulties because I like I kind of preface this in our conversation that a lot of um, Latinos are mainly Catholic or at least more than half like around like 60 something percent. So do you did you ever feel like there was a difference in your upbringing or honestly I didn't realize the difference because um, you know how we always have like one side of the family that we're just closer to whether it's the mom or the dad um, I spent a lot more time with my mom's side and all of them are LDS members so we all went to the same church like I grew up go- like seeing them every Sunday going to all these different activities and stuff so I, it didn't feel weird to me in a way um but I guess and eventually like I realized that um not everyone is a member but I don't specifically remember a time where I think I was ever like Ooh, I think I was always more curious, like, oh, what do you do at your church? Or like, oh, like, this is, I, I never realized that there was, like, other churches, other religions. I didn't realize that until I think I had, I had an aunt who passed away, and she was a Catholic, and it was on my dad's side of the family, and Oh, I just remember the church was very different. Um, it was very big and grand. And there was just a lot of uh, praying that, like, they're like, okay, let's pray. And then everyone was, like, praying over themselves and saying – some of them were saying the same thing. And it was very – it was different. But I don't – I think the only difficulties that maybe I saw was different was definitely in high school. Um, we had to do this thing called seminary, which is kind of Sunday school for people. And every <laughs> every day I would go to seminary first and then go to school. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So we would have to be there by 6 a.m. Um, me being the punctual person that I was, I got there at of 6 a.m. Of course. <laughs> um, and yeah, then... Uh, we would get off like around seven ten, something like that, and then I would drive off to school for then another eight hour day, and that would be every day. That was your normal though. I actually thinking back, it's kind of cool because even though when we used to hang out, you would still do like your whole Sunday tradition. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, and you your church is where I used to live, so yeah. that was cool because you were literally like five minutes from my house. Yeah. So we still do stuff. I remember we <laughs> remember I there was a concert in like Virginia, like two and a half hours away. And I was like, yeah, I'll meet you guys there after I go to church. <laughs> yeah, but that speaks volumes. That's yeah. literally so like you were you're still are so like tied to your faith. That's so awesome because in high school, so many people I can include myself like I stopped going every Sunday or I wouldn't be so diligent about it. Yeah, um, it was it was a different I think um, 
<laughs> my mom was very, I think during that time, she really found just this comfort in the church. She, um, when she came to the States, she, um, I think my grandma, my grandma was already here and they had already found themselves in the church. So my mom, like, went in the church as well, got baptized. And, but then when she turned 18 and she was off by her own, she kind of diverted away from the church. And mm. it wasn't, it wasn't until I was born, maybe, I think maybe even like three years after, um, we were on and off. We went here and there, but, um, I guess, you know, life happens and she just found this like strong comfort in the church that eventually it was just, we went every Sunday and it came to the point where I moved, um, from my childhood home and church was the only thing that stayed the same. So for me, it was just like, that was the only thing that like never changed. Like I had moved mm -hmm. to this new house, moved to this new area with new kids. I have to make new friends. And it was just like church was the only thing that stayed the same. So I think I found also myself finding comfort in like church and my church friends. And yeah, yeah. They, I mean, a big part of religion is community, right? So you have to surround yourself with people that believe the same as you that aren't going to lead you astray or whatever. So I think it's cool because I, I honestly never knew that like your church was there and it's on the main road and that there and like there's literally so many that are like so tied together and so close like your family like your entire family goes too right yeah <laughs> there's jokes that like it's our church like not <laughs> just because it's all of us but yeah it's it's I mean fun. your family's big it's so fun too because you're surrounded by so many cousins and like you guys believe in the same things which is awesome yeah, I think eventually, and then eventually my dad also got baptized, which was really cool. He was Catholic, and... Oh, okay. Yeah, um, he he was the type of Catholic that was like, yeah, I'm Catholic, but, like, never went to church. And I was just like, I never understood that. I was kind of like, okay, you're Catholic. Like, I want to go to your church. Like, let me see. He's like, ah, uh, I don't go. So I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, was that interesting? Was that different when you were growing up? Like, I never knew that about your dad um yeah I mean it was yeah um I think that was one thing that I as a kid just wanted because I would look over and I'd see my cousins and like my friends like they were both there with their mom and dad and there was a time where my mom would work every other Sunday so and my sister was too young to go to church with me um and my brother didn't really go to church. So I would literally go to church by myself and sit there. And I would look over and just see all, everyone with their parents. And it was hard. I, was, I remember just sitting there, like, hoping and praying that, like, one day I would get to, like, sit there with, like, all my family members. My mom, my dad, my sister, one day my brother. And it was hard. Um, but... Thankfully, like, I think our faith and our diligence and, like, just making, like, making it more comfortable for my dad to ask questions and for him to make, do his own prayers, eventually he um, also found comfort and... That's yeah. awesome because, you know, I'm sure also when you're so like much older, like at your dad's age, it's difficult to have that acceptance period. And it's so good of you to be so young and still be so responsible and 
going like every weekend yeah it was it was hard but was it difficult for your sister because i know she's right now reaching that age where she's going off to college and things like that obviously covid makes everything so different but yeah. i feel like she has always been really good about going with you and everything yeah i think it was with her it was at that point we were already going like every sunday so it just became her norm um and then i think we also really tried to um give her a good example um now obviously i tell her you know you're 18 you're about to go out into the world by yourself and when i left home that was when I found more, like, I had to make my own, like, I had to, what is the word? I had to stand on my own testimony, stand on my own faith and my own, um, yeah, my own faith that, that God is there and he's listening to me and he's watching over me. And I was like, right now you're probably, you could be backpacking off of like mom and like me, like, oh, they believe. So I believe too. But um, when you go out there and you go through the life difficulties and you you find yourself in a place where you kind of feel alone, those are the moments where you'll you'll find that God is there for you and you'll you'll build your own testimony. So it's basically a great upbringing that, you know, and it's, I think it's good that she had that role model, not just her parents, but like a sister that is also young and is going through the whole process with college and temptation and everything. Yeah. So do you want to talk more about leaving home? I know you just mentioned that that's when you kind of had to put it in gear. But how was that? Because not only did you move, you know, out of like your house, but you moved like across the state. Yeah. I mean, across the country. Yeah. Um, it was okay so I moved over to Utah Salt Lake City Utah I lived literally across the street from the University of Utah and I felt alone for a good couple (laughs) months there for a while definitely it was hard because I had always you know, grown up with such a big community around me, my family. Yeah. And so when I was suddenly like, didn't have that, I definitely feel like I had mentally just reached rock bottom. I was so sad. My, my grades were just continuously dropping. I didn't, I kind of distance myself from so many people because I suddenly became more and more self-conscious of myself and feeling I felt I felt like a fish out of water just because the ratio of like Hispanic people or people that looked like me were so low compared to like the white Americans and the blonde hairs the blue eyes I just felt so out of place it just I don't know I I felt really alone out there. I just remember. I remember we were chatting and you were saying like the big part that did help is that your college was based like through your church, right? Yeah. So that helped a little bit. But how did you make that jump from like feeling so alone to finally stepping out of that comfort zone to branch out a little? Yeah. Um, I... 
my professors were very nice and the the great thing that it being tied to my church is that before we start a class we'd always start with a prayer and it's it I think one day I just felt like I was failing this class like really bad and I didn't, I just, and I think I got, yes, I had gotten asked to do the prayer, and I almost felt myself starting to cry. Um, oh, no. Because I was just like, I feel in this class, I have no friends, all this stuff, and like, here I am having to like, speak to these people, and like, <laughs> for them, and like, you know, you could easily, sometimes you could easily just do like a one, two, three prayer, just like whatever but I just felt like this urge to like kind of speak um like not only for myself but I just felt like maybe like talk to maybe maybe other kids that were kind of going through the same thing because obviously not everyone's going to be like oh yeah hey I'm failing this class like no like of course no that's not something people are openly proud of usually (laughs) so I gave like this really heartfelt prayer and um I remember this one kid, um, he came up to me. He was just like, hey, like, I really like your prayer. Like, um, like I felt that. He was like, I had just been struggling a lot. Um, he was also new um, to the state. He had moved and he, um, yeah, he was like, he was very um, different. Like, he was a little different like me. <laughs> and so, um we became good friends and he like I just finally felt like okay like I have someone who is going through kind of the same thing I'm going through I'm not alone I just felt good in that sense and I think that helped like just the fact that I was I was able to like express myself in a way where someone was able to hear me and we kind of we kind of got each other and I feel like I don't know that's you know, praying. <laughs> That's important because then it, what you feel like the power of what you did like went through. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned that um, the population was very not diverse, right? Mm-hmm. But was that something that you were used to in high school? Oh, yeah. Because I, I think <laughs> you and I, we always used to talk about this, but I kind of forget our conversations because you and mm-hmm. I had total different like experiences in high school because we went to different areas. We were in the same county, but we were in different areas. Yeah. You, um, that, yeah. For me, growing up, elementary school, middle school, high school, it was such a norm for me to see kids from different places. Like, you know, we saw, you know, the white kids. I remember middle school was like, it was a very low population of them compared to like the Hispanics, um, the black kids, the Ethiopians, the Indians, the first generation Nigerian kids, um, just so many different people. Like International Day was actually fun because people would bring yeah. food everywhere. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I don't know, it was fun. Like, it wasn't weird to be friends with different type of people. I don't know. Like, it was just a mesh of different people. So, yeah, it I, it was weird when suddenly you lost all of that. I know. And you weren't surrounded. Because it's awesome to be surrounded by community in terms of, like, your religious religion aspect, but also just banter of your cultural things. You didn't have that anymore. 
Yeah, I think it's so cool to have, um, like, to be open to other types of people because I feel like that just opens your mind up to, like, the world. Like, it's it's so easy to get caught up in ourselves and be like, oh, like, this is my problems and these things. But when you when you are open to different cultures and different languages and, all, you know, I think it just broadens your mind to, like, to understand that we're all kind of going through the same things. We're all just trying here. <laughs> we really are. and Just trying to get through. Trying to get through. And it also, I feel like it just, I don't know, makes it, I, I don't know, like, just from my personal experience of being in Utah, it just, when you're meeting different type of people, it just makes you so much easier to, like, meet someone new. Because if you're constantly meeting someone that's just like you, it's just like when you meet someone different, you you can be kind of passive aggressive with them sometimes, just with yeah. Maybe and the what's the fun in that? Yeah, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but then you, but then you moved to Idaho, and I remember it was because you had more friends there and stuff. But was the um, was the I want to say the population, the diversity, the same as Utah, or was there more? Because you're still in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, even more. I think even in Utah, I did see a little more, like, Mexicans. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But um, definitely a lot more. Um, But it was, yeah, like, I had friends who had already kind of made friends out there. Um, And so I was able to, like, mix in with different types of groups, different types of people, and kind of got a vibe. Like, I definitely tried to talk to people that were, like, not from, because you could, there's a lot of people that are from Idaho, from Utah, from, like, Denver, Arizona, like, all those little areas right there, and I definitely tried to talk to just people from other states from far away because I was just like mm. I you guys make it fun you know because like I'm different yeah. and people tell me I have an accent I have like this like wild personality and I'm just like I need people who can handle it because some people can't handle it people you, people need that spice in their <laughs> life but do you think you're happy that this semester you're doing it from home um mm. yes and no I'm happy to be here with my family. I'm happy to, um, you know, spend time with them during this, like, weird time in the world. Um, But I miss it. I miss just being, like, an adult. Like, I'm 24, and I'm with my parents. Like, I want to, like, go do my own things without, like, worrying that my mom's going to be calling me, like, I understand, where are you? Yes, I'm like, I used to get home at, like, two Mom! <laughs> this isn't the norm, Mom. Yeah, this isn't. So, what were the initial, um, like, hardships for you then? Because now you're like, oh, I want that freedom, but I'm sure in the beginning you were kind of struggling because that's who, who you were surrounded by 24-7, like your parents. Hmm. <laughs> In high school, like, when I got my license and everything, that's when I started going out. Like, I was never one to go out. Um, I was always just, like, at home. Like, I didn't mind it. I loved being on the computer. Twitter was my thing. I was always on Twitter, Tumblr, and all that. Um, But once I was able to drive, that's when I started hanging out with friends. But, like, they were all church friends. Like, 
they were all we all went we all saw each other on Sunday my mom knew their parents and all that stuff so if I was like oh I'm hanging out with like the group today they're like she'd be like okay or whatever and all of our parents like we were never out to like late um so I think it like my parents were fine with it they knew who I was hanging out with um but now like now that I'm branching out and have like you know those friends I still you know I love them and they're still my friends but you know life goes on they go their separate ways and now that I'm like meeting other people I think it frightens them a little bit um just because I have in the past kind of deferred from um my religious beliefs and done different things that maybe they were a little more scared of um so I think now they're a little bit more cautious just because I have been open with them about things that I've done. So if that answers your question, I think. Yeah, I think it's good that you have that like open relationship with your parents. Um, but I th- so in the beginning when you moved out, you weren't like missing home or anything like that. Oh, OK, OK. <laughs> um, I was. Yeah. But I think. <laughs> I don't know. I got used to it at some point. Like, as long as I called my mom and I FaceTimed her and I called my dad and like, and I did that often. I really did. So I, I think it just made it easier. I think I got to the point where I, I realized, well, this is the new normal. I'm, as soon as I graduate, I might be home for a little bit. But I definitely, my parents have always encouraged me to like, okay, once you graduate, you know, look for a job and try to find your way you know, to live somewhere else. Like, we're not always going to be here. And so I think it just got me ready for the future because I've always been hard with change. That was always a difficulty for me. Yeah, I think that's good that you were kind of self-aware because sometimes you just can, I mean, honestly, you could probably just soak in that pain that you miss your family and stay in that rut for like a while. But being self-aware is good. Yeah, I mean, I, I did it when I was in Utah. And so when I went to Idaho, I was like, I, I need to do something different. I don't want to be depressed and sad all the time because I think just moping around and not letting yourself socialize with other people, you're just going to get even more sad and depressed. True facts. (laughs) I think another good thing is, though, that you have that like hustler mindset, just like your parents, though, because they're I in my head, I say like they're entrepreneur parents (laughs) because they've run so many businesses and stuff. How was that growing up? Were you always like, oh, I want to have my own business like them, too, or the complete opposite? Growing up, I did not know what I wanted to do. I just knew that my parents at these restaurants and if anything I I would be running them eventually if I don't choose something um but it was I don't know it was fun I got to meet so many different people I got to meet so many um people from different age groups from different countries because um they would all come to the restaurant and as long as you know they spoke Spanish some spoke English like it was just different type of people um but it was I don't know it was fun I got to um as around eight years old um my mom worked every two uh every Tuesdays all day morning and night and I would miss her so um 
I took guitar lessons from across the street. And after those guitar lessons, I would go to the job with her and I would start busting tables. I'd put chips and salsa, clean the tables. And I enjoyed it. I think, yeah, I enjoyed it. And my mom would pay me sometimes. And I'm like, ooh, money. Like, like, money. Yeah. <laughs> and when I turned 15, um, around that time, I had actually, my Spanish had deteriorated a lot <laughs> and um, oh snap yeah my mom asked me you know like hey do you want to start making some money you want to you want to be our food runner on the weekends I was just like you know what why not like okay I'll do it and from there on out um my Spanish um got a little better it's not perfect but because I was working in the kitchen um all the ladies who worked in the kitchen only spoke Spanish so I was like either I can stand here and be a mute or I can chismear con las mujeres because I was just like yes <laughs> especially when you're young because you don't know what they're like who they're talking about so you're like Ooh, what happened what? <laughs> yeah that was fun I think I, I learned definitely how to be a leader I think out there um, working with them because a lot of time I remember in the kitchen uh, Friday Saturday nights it would get crazy packed at the restaurant and the waiters would come in and start because they would mess up an order or an order would get messed up or this and that and all this stuff and they'll start yelling at my at the at the ladies in the kitchen and I'm like um no I, I get to a point where I was like um no okay if you want to say something to them you tell it to me and I'll tell it to them because I know how to tell okay. it to them because you guys coming in here yelling at them then they get mad then they get mad at me and I don't like people yelling at me so I just I, I yeah definitely learned how to kind of speak up for myself a little bit Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure your parents were also like, yeah, that's my daughter. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. My dad definitely said that. I, I was I always grew up kind of independent, and seeing me sometimes in the restaurant, he was just like, yeah, she, she'll be very independent in life. Um, he, he had high hopes for me. <laughs> so Good, yeah. as he should. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But um, another thing that you were just talking about is, like, uh, language. And I think it's so cool. You're, you, like, speak to your mom in English. Well, sometimes Spanish. But when, when we would be together, it was, like, English, but she would speak to you in Spanish. <laughs> and then she would also speak to you in English. And I was like, whoa, this dynamic is so cool. Yeah. Um, I think my mom... She's not very confident in her English, even though I tell her her English is, you know, it's perfect. You it's know, so good. Yeah, like at the end of the day, like, mom, you speak English. Like, some people only speak one language. Like, give yourself some props. Um, but I tell her, um, we, I, I needed to, like, learn my Spanish. So she would speak to me in Spanish. So I, if you talk to me in Spanish, I pretty much understand everything you're saying. Um... And then with church, I learned how to read um, in Spanish. Um, but me speaking to her in English, it kind of helped her because she was able to understand. I speak really fast when I speak in English as well. So it helps her kind of like understand. When, so when someone else speaks to her in English, she's able to understand it as well just because I'm able to, I speak to her in English. Yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a pro and a con because then eventually I was like, I need to learn Spanish because like, I understand everything you're saying, but when I say it in my head, it's right. But when it comes out my mouth, it's completely wrong. 
and I get stares. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> it's funny also because I remember when we would like listen to Spanish music, we would just I don't know, like we would say it differently, we would laugh at it. We we're like, oh, we don't say it like that. <laughs> There are, yeah, there's definitely, I say, oh my gosh, I think, <laughs> this is <one> story, <laughs> I, I am a pro at Spanglish, and <laughs> I told my mom, <laughs> I was like, yeah, don't worry, uh, we're, we're at the beach house, and she was like, okay, make sure you lock up before, um, you come upstairs, or cerrar la puerta, and I was like, okay, that's fine, I was like, yeah, lo voy a laquear, don't worry. And then my friend looks at me and she was like, what did you say? And I was like, I told her I was going to lock it. She was like, how did you say? I was like, lo voy laquear. She was like, laquear isn't a word. <laughs> she was like, you just made it like English with Spanish. She was like, es será con llave. And I was like, you're right. Gasp. <laughs> oh my God. I think our brain just automatically goes to like that state a lot of the time. <laughs> oh, it reminds me of that episode of Wizards of Waverly Place where um, Selena's character. Lampito. Lampito. Capito. Yeah. Pito. <laughs> um, back to that topic though of like language in the restaurant. Did you ever get, like, did you ever have customers that were like, what are you saying? If you talk to them in Spanish or like, were you like, I don't know what you're saying. One second, let me grab my mom who speaks Spanish. <laughs> um, I think that happens to me now. I think a lot of times. Um, oh. When I was younger, I don't, we, because the restaurant that I grew up in was in Ashton, which was more, predominantly more white area. So, I, like, if the Spanish customers came in, I could easily speak to them in English and they'd understand me. Whereas where we have now, I get more Spanish speakers that kind of don't understand English. Um, so yeah, that, w that happens to me a lot now. And I just, I think now I just get more embarrassed because like I'm a full grown adult who like can't do it as a teenager. You know, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> laugh. she's young. And now they look at me like, what? <laughs> yeah, but definitely I would have to, be like, um, dame un segundo, uh, we're gonna a alguien que te va, um, excuse me, I just walk away, like, sometimes I'm too embarrassed to even finish the sentence, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. I don't think you ever, like, explain to the people listening what type of restaurant it is, what oh. you guys sell. Yeah, it's a Tex-Mex, uh, Salvadorian. My dad loves Mexico, loves it. So he's always been into like Tex Mexican food. And it's so yeah. And then he made it work. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like those are very popular around here because we have like Tex Mex is always so yum and so popular. And then like the DMV has a big um, community of like Salvadorian people. Yeah. I, I thought everyone was from El Salvador because everyone I talked to was like, yeah, I'm from El Salvador, we're Salvador. And then eventually I was like, then, yeah. <laughs> I had people from Ecuador, people from, uh, yeah, Argentina, Venezuela, um, yeah, and all these places. I was like, oh, I, you know, yeah, Guatemala. it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know why. Like, why was like attracted to this area? To be honest, my dad when he first came here, um, he 
Mm, well, it was the second time. First time he got caught. Second time. He he was in L.A. And he was there for like a day or two. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's nice. But he he didn't feel a connection there. And my uncle was already here in D.C. And so he calls on my uncle. He was like... He was like, pay these men as much as you need to, but get me over there. I don't want to be here in L.A. And then he flew over there. And I was like... Oh, my God, that's so nice. Yeah. I think think the good part in that statement or, like, that story is that family helps make the transition easier a lot of the time. I don't don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's such a big thing within the Hispanic community. I know that. That's, like, family is such a big thing along with like religion as well i think it's so important to like have i don't know something i don't know with the hispanic community i'm just happy to feel like we're all one we all get each other um yeah i don't know even just the latinx community honestly because i feel like even with you i can relate with you with so many different things us being first generations um living here growing up here and some of the same Mm -hmm. things we went through and it's like with other people bringing it back to your experience in Utah, they just wouldn't get it. So it's like, oh, this conversation is pointless. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on here to talk with me, P. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I'm so happy. This story and everything so relatable. So <laughs> I love it. Um, at the end of every episode, I have every guest kind of tell me their favorite artist, specifically if it's like a Latin artist, that's awesome. And then also your favorite dish from your country, because I think food is part of what makes our countries like so different, but our culture so united. Okay. Um, my favorite Hispanic dish from El Salvador is pupusas, 100%. So good. Everyone can tell you. And if they're telling you that it's not good, it's because they didn't have the right person make it. That's just on facts. <laughs> and I'm gonna leave you at that. <laughs> and my favorite artist, um, my Hispanic. I would give an artist from El Salvador, who I feel like is the reason why I have the music taste I have today. Okay. And it's Alvaro Torres. He was someone I definitely grew up listening because my parents, you know, they had control of the radio. They played him a lot along with those, what are they called? Los Timirones or whatever. Yeah. But fun fact, he, Alvaro Torres was, he had a song with Selena and it was called Buenos Amigos. And on her, the new um, series on Netflix for Selena, they Mm -hmm. highlight, they have like an episode where they, have um they show them them doing the music video for that song and i was like oh. hey yeah. cool. you were like i know that guy <laughs> yeah. So like, what that is. He's, yeah he's a very famous songwriter and um musician from el salvador very cool i didn't know that i honestly i don't think i've ever heard of him i'm gonna check him out check him out <laughs> i know one artist that we both listened to all the time when we were um like driving in our little road trips was Aventura. Oh, uh, Aventura. And when you went to the concert, I was burning green. I was jealous so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That just means next time we have to go together. Definitely. 
Oh my gosh, Aventura is so good. Oh wait, do you want to tell anyone, you want to tell the people where they can check you out? Oh yeah, uh, check me out on Instagram. It's Paola Arbaiza. Um, my Instagram is Your Girl Paola. And I think, yeah, my YouTube is Your Girl P. I'll, I'm trying to post some new stuff. I've definitely been trying to practice my craft because um, definitely need to get into back into editing. If you ever need that, let me know check her out because she's really good and you know her little tv intro thing that i remember seeing was also so freaking awesome to watch thank you <laughs> love you p love you thank you again love for you. coming no problem of course thank you for having me that's gonna be it for today's episode again thanks so much for listening please make sure you follow us on instagram at Pod. that's pod and again don't forget to tune in every wednesday for a new episode to learn more about la mezcla mas rica